Our reading from the Old Testament is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, say your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord hand, the Lord's hand double for all sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. And when the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good things. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Mark 1, 1-8 The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waists, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. 
Amen. One of the challenges we all have to face is how do we start to tell a story? The problem often is not so much that we worry about telling the story, it's more, well, where do we begin? If I had a pound for every time I heard the phrase, I just don't know where to start, um, I would have at least another ten pounds in my pocket. The story ends up not being told if you spend all of your time wondering about how to start the story. We need to move beyond worrying about the mechanics. They will work themselves out. Every story will survive, no matter how it is told, just so long as it is told. So in our Gospel lesson for today... Mark realises that he has a story to tell. And he decides on a beginning. Here is the good news of Jesus. And then immediately he starts talking about somebody else. Some strange bloke called John out in the wilderness. You see, often when we tell stories, they will involve what seem to be several false starts because it is occasionally hard to know where to begin. And so we often think, well, the person listening to the story needs to know something of the context so that they can then understand the motives of the characters and why things are as they are. Let me tell you about such and such a person, but first let me tell you about their parents or, or their relatives or, or the situation in which they found themselves just so you can then understand why they did what they did. Often we feel the need to talk about other protagonists, something of the family background. The TV programme, Who Do You Think You Are?, uh, which has appeared uh, over recent years, where famous people go and look back through the archives to find out stories about their ancestors as a means of trying to understand something about themselves and how they have ended up acting in certain circumstances. The background helps them to understand something of their own motives. So Mark offers us one approach to telling the story. Matthew and Luke, on the other hand, feel that it is vital that we know something about Jesus' ancestry to inform us of who Jesus was, for one, that Jesus is the son of Adam, the other, that Jesus is the son of Abraham, for one, the saviour of all humanity, and the other, the son of the father of faith. Only after that do both Matthew and Luke start to offer us stories of the birth and infancy of Jesus, one focusing on Mary and the shepherds, the other, Matthew, focusing on Joseph and the wise men. That is how they start their story. John, on the other hand, couldn't care less about this approach. He wants to offer a theological discourse of signs and images. His divine word, hologos to theu, that is how he tells the story. The word of God made flesh and dwells among us. All four gospel writers 
have a story to tell. But they all start with very different beginnings. For Mark, he wants his story rooted in the immediate. There isn't any time for all of that background. His story is rooted in the everyday. He tells the story of his time, of how God creates a new start in his day and age. There's no real concern for the background. Let's just get on with the story. And so, he starts with this ordinary, well, maybe rather odd bloke, the cousin of the main protagonist, the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist, who, with Jesus, closely collaborates at the start of the ministry. And so we go straight out to the margins of society, to the wilderness, to hear how the call of God transforms one man's life so that he would be the one to tell others about the wonderful works of God, that his role would be to get others ready for the good news. The work of John the Baptist is the work that each of us has to do. We are all called to help others look afresh at the world, to help others to be ready to welcome and receive Christ. In our Old Testament lesson for today from Isaiah 40, God is announcing something new. God will act with compassion and a new age will dawn, an age that was longed for by the Jewish people and referred to as the forgiveness of sins. But this was not just about individual forgiveness, but that God would finally return to Israel and a renewed relationship would begin. The voice crying out in Isaiah 40 is mentioned again in Mark's Gospel. The voice crying out would be the one who heralds the coming deliverance, the coming salvation. And Mark also adds in some words from Malachi chapter 3, about a messenger preparing the way. In Mark's opening to his gospel, the story that he has to tell is the start of something new, the fresh start that God wants to have with each of us and with the whole world. There can't be any going back to the old ways because Christ is coming. For many of us, during these times, we are probably desperate for things to return to the old ways. We want the vaccine so that we can return to how things were, without realising that everything has moved on, that there are new starts and new opportunities out there. And yet, that might be troubling for some of us. So many are terrified of change. Often we gaze back wistfully to a nostalgic notion of times past where everything was seemingly perfect. And even then, we actually delude ourselves in the process. But in Mark's Gospel, with John the Baptist, we are told that things will change that there is a new start, but that in that change, 
God is active, that God will be there, and that God will work through that change and that newness. For some of us, the prospect of change and of new starts might be exciting. The chance to leave behind some painful memories or personal baggage. To seek out new ways of living and being. My chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth and followed thee. John the Baptist's message of repentance we need to hear today. God is present in our midst, even when things are changing, and especially when things are changing. A new start is available for each of us, for our community and for the church. If you were going to tell the story of your own life, how would you go about it? And how much would you factor in those times of personal change, the new opportunities that you experienced and how they transformed you? And how much would your faith be an integral part of your story, of how God works through you? It is not just Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, or Jesus' cousin John the Baptist, who have a good news story to tell about Jesus. The new starts that Jesus has given to all of us. So, have you got the courage to tell others of your story? God has offered to each of us a new start. And it is a great story to tell. So get on and tell it. Don't worry about how you will say it. The story will survive. So even if you fear that in telling the story of how God has worked through you and with you, that it might be garbled or incoherent, don't worry. It is only by not having the courage to share your story that that story will die. God offers to each of us a new beginning, a new start. God is saying to each of us, I don't care what you were, I care about what you might be. So let us get ready for the God who offers us a new start. And let us get ready to tell that story, this Advent tide, and forevermore. Amen.